0: Listen that thing was so catchy um
1: in the darkness is the light in the darkness is the light like that was good do you remember radio disney
0: <laughs> radio disney used to be really legit
1: everyone, this is Alex. And this is Em. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On This podcast we will be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join us at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic.
0: On today's episode, we'll be going back to one of Disney Channel's first original series. Their very first show to be shot in sixteen nine. So Weird. Shot in Vancouver, British Columbia, this American-Canadian urban paranormal drama centers a teenage girl who, alongside with her brother and their friends, encounters and solves paranormal mysteries while touring with her rock star mom. Often dubbed by critics as X-Files for Kids, this series was certainly different from anything that Disney had done before or since. So what made So Weird so intriguing? Stay tuned.
1: everyone here are some details about Disney's So Weird. It it was classified as a dark fantasy, drama, mystery, science fiction, supernatural fiction and urban fantasy. It was created by Tom J. Astle and it was aired it aired on Disney Channel originally from January 18, 1999 until September 28, 2001 for 3 seasons and a total of 65 episodes. The show stars Cara Delizia as Fiona Phillips, AKA Fee, who is our protagonist for the first two seasons. Mackenzie Phillips as Molly Phillips, Phillips, Fee and Jack's mom. Patrick Levis as as Jack Phillips, Fee's brother. Belinda Metz as Irene Bell, Molly's band manager. Dave Ward as Ned Bell, Molly's tour bus driver and irene's husband eric von detten as Ku bell ned and irene's youngest son who was a um, season one principal and then a season three guest star eric lively yes related to Lori Robin robin and blake lively <laughs> eric lively as carrie bell ned and irene's older brother and or, or excuse me ned and irene's oldest son and clues older brother who was a season regular in seasons two and three And Alex Johnson as Annie Thalen, uh, a family friend of the Phillips, who becomes our protagonist replacement in season three when the Fiona character exits the show. So, let's talk about that. Um, Cara DeLizia leaves so weird after season two to pursue new and different things. And the Fiona character goes, quote, to live with her aunt. So, this is very, very unusual for a a TV show to swap protagonists. Um, But the show did it and they did a fairly decent job, but let's talk about that very first season. It was, they were on a trial run. So they got only 13 episodes, which wasn't a lot for Disney back then. So let's talk about that first season and the adventures of Fiona and her family.
0: Right. So, so weird was, um, I I can't remember if So Weird was before or after Are You Afraid of the Dark.
1: It was on the on. same timeline. I think Are You Afraid of the Dark ran from 1997 until 1999.
0: Are You Afraid of the Dark was, like, before So Weird. So, for those who remember, Are You Afraid of the Dark was on Nickelodeon and... That was scary as sh- like. <laughs> Are you afraid of the dark? Was like real, like scary business. Like I remember, um, I was really in in my just like deep in my 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 scared feels with Are you afraid of the dark? So I guess in response to like, I guess in response, Disney was like, we're gonna have our own sort of like x-files are you afraid of the dark but we're gonna make it like a little less scary and thus so weird is born
1: yeah i I mean i like that they made it a little bit different because like we said so weird is like x-files for kids are you afraid of the dark wasn't really like that it was like scary campfire stories make it a tv show
0: (laughs) (laughs) right it was just straight up horror
1: right um. and that show put a lot of people on like joanna garcia who went on to star as cheyenne and reba was on that show rachel blanchard who went on to star a share in the tv show clueless on that show alicia cuthbert was on that show ryan gosling was on that show like are you afraid of the dark really had some heavy hitters before they were heavy hitters like for <laughs> real for
0: real <laughs> like, before they were stars they were on oh. fucking nickelodeon <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And so, so, so weird came and so weird is like, uh, it's, it's fee and it's her brother, Jack, and it's her mom fee, you know, is solving this mystery uh, and the, and she solves mysteries each, each episode and they get, but they are, but all of them are sort of horror tinted. Looking back now, this is like a big deal for Disney Channel because Disney Channel wouldn't even, I think, dream of putting a series like this on on the network now you know what i mean these new
1: kids are so scary they're not gonna their parents aren't gonna be with it they're gonna be protests they're gonna use their little twitter fingers and facebook fingers to feel like they're really doing something and protecting the kids (laughs) so (laughs) they would never they would never ever see a show like this disney's keeping it strictly daytime friendly television
0: (laughs) right um because there was a time you guys there was a time where disney channel was like almost teen television like it wasn't truly like super squeaky clean as it is now Disney Channel used to air like Teen Witch with like the whole sex scene in it like they did not edit that part out
1: (laughs) I mean in their defense the sex scene in Teen Witch was very tasteful (laughs)
0: It's very tasteful, but still, it's like he—he, he, it's like it's a sex scene. Like I know what's happening. Um, Disney Channel would never have a sex scene now, like ever. They barely even. Oh gosh, it's so 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 weird. And so the first episode, we're launched headfirst into this show in the world, and to establish that this show is you know about it, about it you know, the first episode is like, it's a ghost story. It's like, it's like a haunted, it's a, it's not like a haunted house, but it's like a haunted space, haunted club story. And Fee and her brother Jack have to, to like, you know, help the ghost move on, which is like a, which is like a big standard, you know, horror trope. Uh, It's something, it's something special.
1: It's definitely something special. This is a really cool show because um, like like we said, Disney's never done a show like that before. They've never done a show like that since. They took a risk, and for the most part, it paid off. This was one of the most intelligent shows that Disney had, and it wasn't just like dark and spooky. It was actually a really smart show, and it was a show that I remember vividly that older teens and young adults were watching.
0: Right, and that's what I think makes it uh interesting right that older teens were watching it like and it's it's definitely written to be that for teens 15 16 versus just you know the ages of like 10 to 12 um right and i think i think that's what that, that's what makes it cool so let's get into some of these episodes Nostal- once again nostalgia overload um (laughs) fee with her little website you know the website was such a big deal um it was it was 1999 so the internet was just becoming a thing (laughs) Uh, and people were all enamored by it you know fee's website and her little webcam and her posting on like forums ah i loved it
1: yeah the show really had like web forums like Like, it really kind of put it on. It was kind of like a vibe because we, at that age, Silver came out when I was like 14. Like, forms just seemed so dark and scary, which they probably were for us. But like, (laughs) like, so unattainable, um, so adult. And she just seemed so mature and so smart. I think that's like the standout feature of the Fiona character, not that she was brave, but she was so smart. Fee had a solution for everything. And it was really, really cool to see this girl who, um, always seemed to have it together and was very, very resourceful. And, you know, like the actress who played Fiona was like my age. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. She's doing shit. She's actually making it happen. And she's not afraid of ghosts.
0: Right, right, um in fact, and this is something that the show never resolves, I don't think, but like or it, I guess it just doesn't have time to, but like, in the first season where there's this like ongoing like thing with like her dad, like the whole thing is like her dad died, but like he died like because he was like a ghost hunter, and there's this ongoing mystery about trying to find out what really happened to her dad
1: right because okay so yeah her mom molly is a widow her dad died her dad her dad rick died under like really mysterious circumstances and apparently like he comes from a legacy of ghost hunters like it's it was his father before him right her grandfather was also a ghost hunter right um so we have that whole legacy setup thing there i don't think rick and the circumstances of his death are ever resolved though are they or did i miss that
0: I know. I don't think they just sort of drop it. It's interesting. It's interesting because it's, it's actually really like that idea and the fact that they like sort of plant that. And we're, we're always in every couple of episodes, we're coming back to that main plot or we're given, or we're given more information about like, or we're, yeah, we're given more information and more information is revealed about Fiona's dad and like what that means for her. Um, is really advanced, <laughs> mm-hmm. like right? Because that makes it more of a serial, right? right. To have that ongoing plotline, which and at, at this in this era for like a Disney show is unheard of. It's unheard like, of unheard with a of. kid
1: protagonist too. Yeah, yeah. Unheard of. right.
0: Unheard of. Unheard of. Like, because it's it's really about most of these Disney shows are like you know one it, it's like one and done new story one and done new story. They're very episodic.
1: Yeah. So there were 13 episodes in season one. We got to know everybody really, really quickly. Now, the only person I'd known, well, two people that I'd known on the cast prior to this was Mackenzie Phillips, who plays the mom, Molly Phillips. And Mackenzie Phillips is the daughter of John Phillips from the illustrious 70s band, The Mamas and the Papas. And I knew Eric Von Detten because I had previously seen him in Brink. Um, Which is still my favorite Disney Channel original movie. And I had the biggest crush on him at that time. He was the reason I started watching the show. And then, like, I realized he's not that great of an actor. But I kept (laughs) watching the show because, thankfully, he wasn't the lead.
0: Right. He's sort of just this side character. And, like, I don't... Let's talk about him for a minute. Because I kind of don't know, like, why he's there. Like... (laughs) He was a Disney heartthrob at that time. I... Yeah, but, like, he doesn't serve any real purpose on the show. <laughs> He's an he eye just, candy girl. He just comes in and says, like, weird lines and then leaves. I'm just like, why is he here? And then second season, when they bring in his brother, I'm just like, wait, why are they all here? <laughs> yeah, I think Eric Lively needed that fucking
1: check. Because um, the Lively family, Eric, Lori, Robin, and Blake, Blake having having had the most success— is pretty notorious for churning out very middle of the road actors.
0: Just from like a narrative perspective, he just wasn't he didn't serve much purpose. Like
1: right. And how he, did y'all have a whole other son that we didn't talk about until season 2? So, I'm like, you brought one kid on tour, and then, like, next season, you finally decided to bring the other one, and, but he was left behind first season for reasons.
0: Oh, <laughs> I think they say that he was, like, in college or something, or, like, he he's just oh, there okay. to film or something.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, because he's the older brother, the one that finally joins them on tour. Yeah. Um. So, they they had a good excuse, thankfully. Now, I think the most the best things about the show honestly for me besides the episodes the one-offs in season one were good but what impressed me about season one the most was that this show had like a theme song and it wasn't like a kitty theme song either the theme song in the darkness was performed by Mackenzie Phillips and it sounded like a real ass rock song that you that would be on top 40 radio at the
0: time listen that thing was so catchy um in the darkness is the light In the darkness is the light.
1: Like, that was good. Do you remember Radio Disney? (laughs) Radio Disney
0: used to be really legit.
1: It was popping, And they used to play this song and a bunch of other songs that were written. So the songs on the show were written and performed by Mackenzie Phillips and Alex Johnson. And those songs would be on Radio Disney all the time. Honestly, um, Alex Johnson, I hope she's still getting those Disney checks because she deserves... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um
0: <laughs>
1: those songs are popping
0: uh yeah they were dope no they, they were they were they were it so so do you have anything like uh specific from season one that you want to shout out or remember
1: yes let's talk about season one and some of my favorite episodes of that season the pilot family reunion i thought was really really good episode two website episode six, Simplicity, episode eight, Strangeling, episode 11, Singularity, and episode 13, Will of the Wisp. Now, the cool thing about the show and like the undercurrent of the show is that while C does believe in ghosts and the paranormal, her brother Jack is is deeply skeptical. Um, Skeptical to the point of like frustration 'Cause I get being a skeptic until you find proof, but then you find proof. What are you what are you what are you being so contrary for, fam?
0: Right, like he's possessed by a whole demon or like whatever a will of the wisp is, but like and he's still just like, oh, whatever, like that's dumb. Like
1: it's like was there not a whole ass were you were you not a whole ass host to a demon like two hours ago um yeah Jack is really annoying but he brings in that like annoying older brother energy that shows like this simply need like Disney it took a long time before Disney gave us an only child protagonist they just don't they they vibe really heavy off sibling chemistry and Jack was like the perfect annoying skeptical older brother but very very
0: protective. Of his
1: little sister. So they had a good dynamic.
0: Right. Like in the first season. I think he's like more indulging. And then I think in the second season. He gets a bit like grr Fiona. Which is annoying. But whatever. Um, But yeah season one. I also really love that pilot. That opening. The ghost story family reunion. I also love episode five escape. And I love Strangeling. Uh, which is about the witches and like we get more information about fiona's dad and then i love uh 12 lost which features kyla pratt kyla pratt once again out here getting these tricks she's never stopped working <laughs> period um and that's definitely and then uh 10 uh Tolpa which is still which is about Tolpas. uh that's like a that sort of paranormal concept is still sort of used now. Like if anyone like knows like the big sort of like slender man case, like, like thing that happened is like, sort of the idea is like, is um, like the slender man quote unquote is like a tulpa. Like people have sort of, you know, put that out there in the, the world. So. um, I still
1: don't know what a slender man is. Like oh. they said, Slender Man, and the first thing I thought of was like the actor Crispin Glover. You know the one who played Willard. Yeah, he was in the first Charlie Angel. Charlie's Angels. I thought when they said Slender Man, they they literally met a Slender Man. Oh, I didn't know, you know. that this was tied to anything supernatural.
0: Yeah, it's like so. Like a tulpa is like um, it's like a, it's like a thing. It, the idea is like through our, it's like, um, it's an idea, but it's the ideas, like, if, if you, like, concentrate really hard, or, like, through, like, hours and hours and hours of, like, medit, of, like, just discipline and med- meditation, you can, like, create another person with your mind, like, a being that exists outside yourself. It's a weird, it's a, listen, I, all i
1: remember is that two white girls committed murder over slender man that's all i remember
0: (laughs) and so the and so that was like people were like and that and that was like sort of like a defense they used was like it's the slender man it wasn't us because it's like a being outside of yourself like with your mind and like the and like when and tulpas are used like they're they're definitely they're like a they're a thing that lots of people come back to like in any sort of they're all through science fiction and paranormal like genre books movies television like they always show up one way or another right because because the idea of it but like usually the how like a how um a, like storyline with like a tulpa goes is that like it, somebody will create it and then they will lose control of it because that's the whole thing is that like it becomes a person independent it becomes like this metaphysical being independent that's always how it goes is that like you, you can't control it anymore because it has like a mind of its own or whatever and like so weird in season one does the same thing so and it's just interesting to see that that's sort of been an idea on people's mind for like a really really long time.
1: Yeah, the people who who wrote the show definitely did their research into different types of um paranormal occurrences and myth and folklore and I thought that was really cool. Um I was honestly looking back now, I'm I'm more surprised that this was allowed to air um without anyone mentioning how how it kind of delved a little bit into like occult territory or occult adjacent. Um, Cause I know the parents these days would be up in arms about just all the stuff that the show touches on. In season two, we get to vampires. There's an episode where we talk about like werewolves, this whole, what do you call it? The slender man thing. That's like also like an occult type of um, folklore. Um, right so, there are- and banshees and stuff like that so i'm surprised no one went up about it um,
0: because th- this show was the first time i had heard of a lot of these things Rewatching it i was surprised by like how thoroughly entertained i was i do think that one of the hallmarks of this series is that it it really does strike this good balance as being interesting for everyone because it's a kid's show but like if I was babysitting, this wouldn't make me want to like bang my head against a wall. I'd be like, okay, right? <laughs> let's do this. Like, this is this is fine. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, same. There weren't a lot of Disney shows, honestly, then, and even less now that are bearable to watch when you're an adult. <laughs> what do we think of season one?
0: Season one is great. I like it. It's great.
1: All right. Yeah i I agree with that. I'll give it a. I was going to give it a good, but I think I'll go with great as well. Just because the show's like, it's 20 years old now and it's still good. So must've been great the first time I watched it.
0: Right. I think, I think that's another part. It really beyond the stuff of like the super dated stuff where it's like internet forums <laughs> and like a blog. Cause we don't really do that anymore because of like social media and stuff. Um, it's really, it's, it's very, it's definitely stood the test of time. So, um, season one, not season one, season two, season two, we're back, um, uh, season two marks the introduction of Eric Von, I don't know his name in the show, Eric Von Denton's brother, Eric Lively. That's oh, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: Eric Von Denton played Clue and in season two, we're introduced to, uh, the brother Carrie, um, that's the older brother and um he he just sticks around for seasons two and three we don't see eric ronda end anymore in season two he goes off to do some other projects and then he becomes like a guest star in season three season two also has 26 episodes so season one did really well they got double the episode order for season two and the show really like hit the ground running they went deeper they went harder they went darker it was amazing let's talk about it
0: yeah, season 2. Season 2 goes
1: for it. <laughs> they really did. They went all in. They're like, "Okay, um 1 million moms is not about to protest. We're getting the views. Let's do this."
0: Right. Right. I really like how they incorporated. They really gave like Molly F- Phillips like a chance to like sing a bunch. Like
1: I mean, yeah, she's a rock star. So it'd be weird if you had a character who's a rock star who don't never sing. <laughs>
0: listen they shows do it they do it all the time um they do it
1: and and it's and it's 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 messed up
0: every single time (laughs) um and they (laughs) they do it and and they just go for it but um season two is great we have like more mysteries we're um into more monsters uh there are more monsters. They're great. So I want to talk about an episode called like Siren. Mm, yes, I was about to talk about it. Like, so it's episode three of season two. Uh, It's like so weird. <laughs> Not to be like, but a but like, let's just get into it. There's a lot of weirdness happening into it. What, like, tell me what you thought. I want to hear your perspective first.
1: Well, first, let's talk about what the episode is about. Yeah. Carrie, the Bell's oldest son, he falls for this singer, gorgeous voice, and Fee discovers that this girl is a siren. Now, in Greek and I guess Roman mythology as well, a siren basically is traditionally, historically, a mermaid. They're out at sea and they lure men to their death by singing to them and calling to them until they crash their ships upon the rocks. Like the best interpretation of a siren I've seen on modern television was actually the siren who, was, who had um, uh, Damon and what's-his-face under her spell in TVD. That's like the most accurate representation of what a siren actually is. But it turns out this girl is just being like, she's like a victim of exploitation in the music industry. Like Molly's ex-manager is basically just like profiting off her voice. Right. Which I thought was a really good way to talk about how monstrous and demonic the music industry can be. Um, The episode was good. I thought the episode was good, but I think the way that they handled the siren could have been better.
0: Yeah, it just like, and there's this sort of weirdness that's happening in it where it's like misogynistic in that all the men come in to like, the bar to listen to her, and they're all, like, obsessed with her, but none of the women can, like, none of the women fall under her spell, and then not only that, but they're all kind of, like, bitchy about it, but and it doesn't particularly make sense.
1: I mean, it does, because that's what a siren does, like, their, their power is specifically to seduce men, not everyone, and... Yeah, I I would assume that a woman's going to feel some type or women are going to feel some type of way when there's a one woman who's getting everybody's undivided attention. I mean, I think not the show itself, but the siren mythology in and of itself is inherently misogynist.
0: I guess my issue with that is like, it just doesn't have to be (laughs) like, I don't know, when you take like queerness into account, like I just, uh, it just doesn't, it just sort of felt like, hmm. I hope, like, in a modern interpretation, like, that would not be a thing. Like, if it's, like, a siren and the point is to expand the mythology or, like, think about it or interpret it in a different way, it would be more beneficial to write it in such a way that, like, women fall under her spell too, because women can love women. It can also sort of be, you know, you know, digmatized or, like, be dumb off of pussy, whatever. Um, we're all capable. Basically, queer it up a bit. I think queering it up a bit—that's a great interesting. point.
1: That's a great point, and I know, I know, with every fiber of my being, Disney was not thinking about no queer folk when they wrote that episode, but they should have. They should have.
0: Anyway, moving on. But let's um, talk about
1: um, some of our because these are more kind of one-offs as well. Do you have favorite episodes from season
0: two? Yeah, I do. I like Nightmare from season two. I like medium. I like werewolf actually. I think it's funny. Or they're not it's not funny, but they're I think there are parts that are inadvertently funny. Um I like the Banshee episode. I like uh the vampire episode. I like Fathom. And then I like the one where like she almost marries a fish, like the shape the shape of water episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: going to call it that now? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean... That's
0: basically yeah. what happens.
1: My favorite episodes are Season 2, Episode 1, Medium. Episode 4, Nightmare. Episode 8, Werewolf. I love that one as well. Episode 11, Banshee. Episode 12, Strange Geometry. Episode 17, Avatar. Episode 19, Troll. Episode 21, Roswell, which was interesting because Roswell, the TV series, was already airing at this point. Episode 22, Vampire. And episode 26, Twin. This is the last episode we see of... This is the, like, the... Well, no, this isn't the last episode we see of Fee. But um, this is a, the, the the last episode that features her trying to get to the bottom of what happened to her father
0: right that's the serial nature the sort of serial part of the show comes back in and then it just sort of they just sort of forget it
1: (laughs) yeah they were just like we're done now um so cara delizia who plays fiona decided that she was done with the show she was gonna move on with her life i think she did maybe one or two things since then but um no she she's married She's got three kids now. She's definitely, definitively, forever retired from acting. And um, the last we see her is season three, episode one, I believe, is the last time we see her, um, before the, the protagonist role is picked up by the Annie Thaden character played by Alex Johnson. So what do we think of season two? Is it good, bad, or basic?
0: Season two, once again, is really good. I actually really prefer this switch out to the Eric Lively character.
1: Carrie, yeah, I prefer Carrie to Clue.
0: He's definitely more he he helps more with the mysteries. I feel like I I think the only thing I don't like about season 2 is that it felt like they and I don't know if maybe this isn't this is evidence of this is evidence of like what was happening behind the scenes with uh, Kara, like w- if she wasn't happy. But it felt like they were trying to transition one of these boys into being the lead.
1: Um, I I picked up on that energy as well. Um, like I sometimes I thought they were they wanted one of the boys to be the lead, not Jack, not the brother, but either Carrie or Clue. Um, right. And then late, and then like sometimes I got like I felt like this weird tension, like they were trying to make one of them fiona's boyfriend which was weird (laughs) yes
0: which is weird because it's like very weird don't do it because both clue and carrier like her other brother like it's the show establishes that they grew up together and that they've um that they've been that they know each other very um very intimately um like in a familial sense so it's weird right
1: right it's really weird i think for me the bigger issue was not that they grew up together but the age difference clue is about the age of her brother and carrie's even older than that um and fiona is 14 when the show starts it's not okay it's no it's not okay (laughs) but i also think that season two is really really good um Looking back, I saw that season two was 22 episodes and I was like, oh, this is going to be a shit show because they didn't know what to do with all those episodes back then. But they did. They did actually know what they were doing with those 22 episodes and they did it very well. I was really pleasantly surprised at how well those 26 episodes came together for season two and they pretty much stayed on the same trajectory, the same promises that season one had made. So I was really good with it let's talk about that last season season three the last season was also 26 episodes um fiona goes to live with her aunt in order to forget the supernatural and try to have a normal life and um annie a friend of the phillips comes to live with them now the way that this works out is that fiona gives annie a ring right that had belonged to her grandfather. And this is how Annie's journey into the supernatural begins. So they 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 kind of... They don't want you to think that just, like, Annie just happens to be supernaturally gifted herself. Um, no, Fiona gives her this ring. And then, like, that world kind of opens up to her.
0: Yeah, there's, like, a... There's a, a panther that follows her everywhere.
1: Yeah, that the panther, we learn, is her spirit guide. Which... Um,
0: sketch okay. but okay
1: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna let it ride but y'all know y'all had no business doing that fiona didn't need one and annie doesn't need one either, either. i know getting a panther in the budget could have saved y'all 15 or more by taking that ride out <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um so i remember when they when this switch was made people were not happy
1: I wasn't happy. I was I was people. It's me. I'm people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you were not alone. I remember the majority of of people like did like heavily were upset. Like, like upset at uh, Fiona's departure. And I was not one of those people. I really liked Annie and her little black panther like that ha- that she had Mostly because I liked the more focused music aspect of it, like a weirdo. Um, uh, but rewatching it, the show does take a significant dip in quality when Alex Johnson shows up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does become a very music-centric show. So someone like me who digs soundtracks, like I stuck around, but there is a dip in quality. I'm going to go on record and say I do think that cara DeLizia was the stronger actress of the two or at least for this particular genre and that the show was more plot um not plot more character driven as opposed to becoming more plot driven in that third season
0: right i also think the show sort of gives up on i think the. Sh- I, I think even just the whole tone of the show changes i mean well I j- we just said that the, the tone of the show changes but It becomes Um, way lighter. Yes, that's, thank you. It becomes so much lighter. Um, It's like, it's as if somebody came and was like, why is this a supernatural show? Like, I don't want this to be a supernatural show. Let's do something else. Uh, Not realizing that, like, for two seasons, it's like this really hardcore supernatural show
1: right and that's the winning formula and again this might be the Taurus in me but people stick with what works for 39 episodes this was working for you and then you're just like "Mm, let's make it lighter let's throw in some more music let's make it more fun you guys so we got the high school musical version of so weird for the third season
0: there's a voodoo episode it's bad i don't want to talk about it do you want to talk about it (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, I can just it's, skip right over that. <laughs> it's it's as if the show's like, oh, there hasn't been a black person on the show since Kyla Pratt. Maybe we should like do something about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what to do. Voodoo, <laughs> voodoo, and it's like, oh, uh, and it's like, and the worst part about the the so weird episode. I mean, the voodoo episode is that like at least in season. One, when we have this Kyla Pratt episode, we have, like, the heavy hitter of Miss Dion Warwick. We don't even get anybody, like, cool in the voodoo episode.
1: Right. They could have brought Dion Warwick back because she was peddling her psychic friends network at the time. <laughs> IJS. IJS. Um, that could have got her back. Get her on the line.
0: Um. Uh, but, um... Uh, yeah, it's like it's fine. It's, I mean, it's not fine, but it's like ugh, it happened.
1: It happened. Um, everybody's allowed one mistake. We just won't talk about it anymore. But the show did get lighter. It got a lot more music. We got we heard a lot more from both um, Molly, the Molly Phillips character. All the songs, you know, written and performed by Mackenzie Phillips, as well as Annie um, and. The third season was as good as it could be considering that great shift i don't like to make a lot of excuses for shows but switching protagonists losing your principal cast or an issue within the writer's room like a writer's strike or core writers leaving or shift in show runners absolutely has the potential to make or break a show usually break because even if like let's say the original protagonist was horrible most people don't like changes like that. Like, a shift in casting can really absolutely
0: ruin your show. Exactly. The final episode of this show is an episode where they all forget Annie. <laughs> On some Home Alone shit. Uh, no, like, I mean, they don't have any memory of her. Okay, so it's like, it's literally like the, it's episode... 26 and it's a series finale episode and it's clear that they knew that they were getting canceled because like, you know, they're doing all the sort of flashbacks earlier episodes within the series. So they're basically like, Oh, wasn't this so fun? The whole thing is, is like, yeah, Annie comes to the house and she's so excited to see Jack and everybody. And they're like, we don't know you. (laughs) And she's like, Mm. of course, you know, me like we had so much, you know, we did so much stuff together and like I knew fee and um, I'm and I know all of you. We've had all these adventures and they're like, oh no. But like, and Jack is so, <laughs> cause that actor is so funny. Jack like looks her straight and reads her. He's like, you don't know me. You've never known me. I don't know anything about you. And you're here in our house. Like get the fuck out. <laughs> Jack was a real one for that
1: because on any other show, the whiteboard would have been like, are you lost, honey? Let me call somebody for you. And then he's like, nah, stranger, get the fuck out.
0: <laughs> so I do think it's like, it's really shady. I feel like it's a really shady thing on the writers to be like, to have the series finale and be like, oh bitch, we don't know you.
1: That was, yeah, that was shady as hell. Like it almost felt like they were retroactively trying to make up for the fact that they had brought her in at all.
0: It, it definitely feels like that.
1: But let's talk about favorite episodes of season three. Do you have particular favorites that stand out for you?
0: Um. Yeah. You know, I really like season three. I like detention. Uh, they get like they sort of get like transported in time. I really like seven rewind, where it, um, Annie's like recording this song, and uh the when you and when they like play it backwards they you know can hear something spooky um and it's like about her like almost losing her voice uh but like she finds it um (laughs) (laughs) i like carnival that's a good one i also like grave mistake where uh molly's being like sort of haunted and i really like gone fishing which is yeah that's it
1: Let's see. My favorites would be not any of the appropriation ones.
0: There were so many this season.
1: Episode one, lightning bolt. Episode three, detention. Episode seven, rewind. Episode nine, carnival. Episode 17, the muse. Episode 20, widow's walk. And episode 25, Annie's Song. I really love the reference to John Denver there, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, those are my favorites. And there were a lot of, like, appropriation and really just, like, sketch episodes, season three. So much more than I had remembered, honestly. Same. Um, Like, dang. They were just really trying to, like, fill it up with folklore and mythology. And apparently... um, the Druids and the Wiccans didn't have enough for them. Had to venture out. <laughs> Had
0: to venture out. Had to find something else.
1: Had to find somebody else. So um, it wasn't a terrible season, like I said, especially if you really love music. But it definitely dropped in quality for me. I really think that this season was like... It was kind of bad. It was not really, really bad, but it was like bad. If you have watched season one or two, it's bad.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to give season three like a basic, you know what? No, I'm giving it a, a bad, mostly because I it it just sucks because in the f- previous two seasons you have a show that is like, at least for like a kids network, is, is doing some pretty ambitious things with this, with not only these stories and the mythology and, and getting as close to as they can. And getting as close as possible as they can to um, like monsters and stuff, uh, but also you have this overarching plot with the dad and like how you know and the dad died and the and the circumstances of the dad's death um, and what does it and like fee trying to solve fee realizing that there is a mystery to solve about her, her dad's death and, and her collecting those pieces. Like that's a, you know, for, for this type of show, it's, it's so ambitious. Um, And it just drops. We, it never gets resolved. Like it's, I get that, the, that the lead actress left, but on any other show, this third season would be leaning into that. How incredible I think would that be for, this show to, to have done that. Like, um, it would be a real, it would be just like a real feat. Like I think a real Testament to that writing and, and thinking about that. And it just doesn't happen. And, and it just sucks. And I, and we're dumber for it or in the audience is dumber and like robbed for it. Because I also think part of season three is that like, they really try to like dumb the show down or, and they start to, I think, like, not trust the audience with what they're doing. And, and that sucks, too.
1: Right. They kind of feel like they need to over-explain everything to us, like we're stupid. Um, but, you know, the moral of this story
0: is, lock down those contracts. Um, it was good to watch. It was I forgot how ambitious this show was. I, thought, I forgot how, what it was doing. It did remind me of why I think so many people loved it and why so many people gravitated to it because it was legitimately at least those first two seasons were legitimately good shows. Like it was right. a legitimately like well-written, well-plotted, and structured show.
1: Season 3 did what it could with what they had left. I don't think they should have they should have shifted gears on the show so drastically. Because I think it was just too many changes too soon ruined season three. I would like to see another show like So Weird. And you guys know I'm very anti-reboots, but it's been a really long time. There was only two really great seasons of the show. I would like to see this show get a reboot and replace whatever the hell Riverdale's trying to do on the CW. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you know, I don't because I think the I definitely think there are parts of I think for the most part, Riverdale is trying to be so weird. Um, but in, in some senses, and I don't necessarily want to reboot, but I do, uh, but what I would hope is that the people who, the people who are currently like in charge at Disney plus and people who are in charge at Disney channel will really look at some of these old revisit these old series, revisit some of these, um, Disney Channel, original movies even, and really, like, revamp and rethink about what we um, show to kids. Like, kids aren't stupid, and you don't have to talk down to them, and you don't have to make, like, dumb TV for them. And So Weird is, like, proof positive of that. It's really just a fun show. There aren't like a lot of like quote unquote lessons that Fia's learning like on a smart guy or um even a Moesha, uh there's none of that. It's really just like she's solving mysteries. She it's like Nancy Drew, it's definitely like paranormal adventure. But I think that's good. I
1: I think one of the bigger issues with So Weird that I loved in the first two seasons that we didn't get in the third one is this idea that while Fiona does get help from her friends and family, she's kind of on this journey or this calling alone. It was definitely it gave me a little bit of preteen buffy action. Um, mm, or early yes. early teen buffy action.
0: Yes.
1: And then Annie showed rolled through and I was just like, girl, I guess. <laughs> I was I, I I was like I was so emotionally detached
0: by that point sorry no like understandable though uh, understandable i'm just like i am done good times though good times great trip down memory lane And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made So Weird good, bad, basic, and a bit eerie. If you'd like to check out or relive this series, The Ambitious Urban Fantasy is currently streaming on Disney+. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron on our top two tiers, please be sure to check out our So Weird youtube playlist tune in next week when we'll be discussing the first four seasons of the iconic slice of life sitcom boy meets world this series is also currently streaming on disney plus if you'd like to check it out or refresh your memory before then
1: Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.